0: This is episode number one of Broadband, the podcast, and today's guest is Maureen Taylor of photodetective.com. Welcome to Broadband, a podcast created to showcase businesswomen who share insights and lessons learned about their journeys to self-employment. Here's your host, Denise Kowalczyk. Hello, this is Broadband the Podcast, and I'm Denise Kowalczyk, the host and producer of the show. Now, my intention with this podcast is to share some insights of lessons learned from businesswomen and also elevate their services to the greater community. Now, it's a conversational style interview show that also will include some tips, resources, and ideas to hopefully empower other businesswomen to grow their business ventures. I'll be talking with women in all kinds of sectors at different phases of their self-employment adventure. And I invite you along for the journey. Here's my story. In early 2019, I was out pounding the pavement, doing job interviews left and right. And for like three nights in a row, I I dreamt I was going to prison. Now, you may not know me very well, but I can assure you that I don't have a criminal mind by nature. So I spent a little time reflecting and came to the conclusion, oh, if I work yet another traditional job, I might kill someone and then go to prison, okay? So what was my plan B going to be? That's when I launched my business, CTD Creative Consulting. It's a real grown-up business. It's an LLC. I got a business checking account, a website, business cards, and part of my own journey included learning from other business women. So I could build my self-employment dream. So here are some interesting facts. There are over 12 million women-owned businesses in the U.S. There were only about 400,000 of them in 1972. We generate almost $2 trillion a year in revenue with 40% of U.S. businesses being women-owned. We're hitting it out of the park and imagine what we can do if we shared even more wisdom with one another. That is what Broadband the Podcast is all about. So thanks so much for listening. Now, today's show. Maureen Taylor of photodetective.com is a frequent keynote speaker on photo identification, photograph preservation, and family history, at historical and genealogical societies, museums, conferences, libraries, and other organizations, not only in the US, but also in London and Canada. She's the author of several books and hundreds of articles. And her television appearances include The View and The Today Show, where she researched and presented a complete family tree for host Meredith Vieira. She's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Better Homes and Gardens, the Boston Globe, Martha Stewart Living, Germany's top newspaper Der Spiegel, American Spirit, and the New York Times. Maureen uh, was recently a spokesperson and photograph expert for MyHeritage.com, which is an internationally known family history website, and she also writes guidebooks scholarly articles and online columns for such media as smithsonian.com she is a contributing editor of family tree magazine as well so maureen and i spoke recently about her beginnings as a business owner and she shared some really great reflections on her experience maureen welcome to broadband hey denise thank you so much for having me on So let's start off with the obvious. What is your business?
1: Okay, so this always makes everyone's eyebrows go up, but I call myself Maureen Taylor, the photo detective, which is a trademarked business name for me. And basically your grandmother or your aunt or your mother gives you a box of photographs or your father, and you may not know everything there is to know about those photographs and how they fit into your family history. And so that's why people come to me to help them save those photographs and tell the stories and connect it to who they are. How long have you been doing this? A long time, (laughs) a long, long time. So I started my business in uh, 1998 is when I left full-time employment to have my own business. And I did various things for a few years. I worked on uh, history websites, I lectured, I did a lot of freelance writing, uh, whatever, whatever anybody asked me to do that was related to history and photographs. And then in 2000, uh, when was that? And then, and then it's just you know, evolved over time. In 2001, Family Tree Magazine asked me to write a column called The Photo Detective. And so I became known as the photo detective. And then the Wall Street Journal ran a profile piece on me and in big headlines above the fold said the photo detective. So, you know, the rest is history. And so
0: And you can't go back from that. I mean that's yeah, I mean that's like a message from the universe. It was. It did. It did. And you and you listened to it and you pursued it. But what is it that motivated you to get into this i mean was it like someone lost all your family photos so you thought no other family should suffer that heartbreak (laughs) or you know what made this interesting to you
1: well you know my secret is i love photographs i've always loved photographs like even when i was little we don't have a lot of them that's my secret so i spend you know every day seven days a week helping people with their family photographs but i have actually a really small number uh and I love photographs, and I particularly love history. I have always loved history. That was something I, I liked when I was a little kid.
0: And what are, like, the I don't know, the top three things that you would suggest to someone who's not familiar with what you do as to why they want to talk with you?
1: What I do is very interesting in that people come to me with an unsolved mystery that every almost everyone has a photograph that they wish they knew more about that it nags at them like why do i have this picture and it's weird because they can have boxes of unknown pictures unidentified photographs but there's always one two or three that just makes them nuts and they come to me and want me to solve that mystery help them put that to rest And it makes them very happy and it makes me happy to do it. So it brings a lot of joy. And I will say that during this crazy pandemic time that we're living in, so many more people are interested in putting names with all of those photographs. It's become even more of a, a passion for people. They want to, they want to, you know, tie up all the loose, loose ends.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, if you could go back to your younger self, what, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of advice would you share with yourself um, about starting your own business?
1: I was interested in starting my own business in my 20s and didn't have the confidence to do it. And I met lots of uh, women here and there who had their own business. And I remember just thinking, I was just so in awe of them. How could they have that confidence to do, to do that? How did they have that faith and that passion to pursue it? I, I wish I'd started my business a long time before I did because I I was miserable being employed.
0: I totally agree with you, and it does take courage, um, because it's no easy walk in the park. But no. But the joy and the benefits and the freedom and the flexibility that you get with it, I think it kind of outweighs the pain points. That's how I look at it. The independence. Yeah. So
1: this, for me, it was a self-confidence issue Mm -hmm. and independence. And it wasn't until I was totally miserable in what I was doing and then had some family pressure on me that really required me to be home more, um, that my husband said, why don't you try this and see where it goes? And it was like, boom, right out the block. I was busy. Look
0: at that. Don't you love when that happens?
1: I do. I do. I really wish I'd done it years and years before.
0: So let's go now into the future, about five years or so. <laughs> um, what, what do you think your future self would share with you?
1: If work, you less.
0: work less. Work less? <laughs> yes, I think my future
1: self would say work less. I'm working a lot right now, and and I think my future self would say, rest, you yeah, take it easy, yeah. You don't have to work this much.
0: You know, I do a lot of um, uh, podcast listening and blog reading and things of that nature, just to learn as part of my professional development, if you will. Yeah. And I would hear all these interviews with these women about um, business owners. Saying, you know, oh, I can remember the days when I was working 80 hours a week and I couldn't even afford a latte. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not feeling motivated now (laughs) to start my own business. But there has to be a balance, right? Because you can't work 80 hours a week. And I guess really it's about passion too, right? I don't work 80
1: hours. I, I don't work 80 hours a week. I will never work 80 hours a week. I never did work 80 hours a week. Um, I had two small children at home. I worked around everyone else's schedule like a nut, mm. fitting in mm. articles. How fast could I write this article in this like window that I had? How could I do this? How could I do that? And now I don't have children at home and I haven't had them at home for a little while. So I feel excited about working on projects I always put to one side. But at the same time, in uh, a balance, my life. I've been good about yeah. balancing my life, but I still think I worked too much. That so there are other things I could do, and certainly mm-hmm. when COVID is over, there's a whole lot more things I would like to do. Mm-hmm. And right now, work is good. I mean, we can't leave our houses really, so
0: kind of works out in a <laughs> Why sense. Why not work? <laughs> a pandemic positive. Um, yeah. Who has influenced you professionally?
1: That's an interesting question. You mean as far as starting my own business? Anything. So I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, meaning people who had their own business. My dad had his own business. His father had his own business. His, my grandfather had his own business. Uh, certainly not this kind of business, sort of a laboring business, but they mm-hmm. worked for themselves. Uh, as far as professional mentors, I, uh, I have a colleague uh, in the professional genealogy business, who mentored a lot of people, and would give me advice about business. Now it's more of a networking thing. Who has who has knowledge that I need to sort of touch base with that I might not know about, uh, and then mm-hmm. I follow a whole bunch of people now. But in the beginning, you know, there just weren't a lot of mentors. The, the who did this. Mm-hmm how many photo detectives do you know?
0: Right. So it's kind of unique.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not like I, I have You're a trailblazer. Right. A trail it's blazer. not like I have a traditional business, mm-hmm. you know, like I have my own jewelry shop or my own design company where I can look for other women who do this. There, there almost is no one else that does what I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of touched on this in the previous question, but I want to circle back like how do you keep your momentum going right you're working hard there's this weird pandemic going on whatever the something in life is always happening how do you keep your momentum going your motivation in in a healthy way to manage your business and have it be successful i drink a lot of whiskey i don't think that's healthy though (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, what do
1: I do? Well, I have a lot of ideas. There are a lot of things that I would like to accomplish. And so I'm using this time to try really hard to focus on things that are important. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have some projects I would very much like to finish. I'm a bit of a history nerd as well. So there are research projects I'd like to have time for. But I get caught up in the sort of business of business. Like how far can I expand the boundaries of what I do? Is it possible for me to break out of that traditional family history uh, field and into sort of more mainstream? That's always been my goal, to move into mainstream with it. Like anyone who has photographs, they don't have to be interested in family history at first. I mean, it turns out they actually are related, but not everyone would consider themselves a family historian, even though they have photographs they want to know more about.
0: So you got some big dreams. Um, I got
1: big dreams. I still have big dreams.
0: Well, that's good, and I, I'm sure that's part of, right? Just as you said, keeps you elevated, a, keeps you engaged. Well, it's yeah,
1: it's intellectual curiosity. What yeah. can I do with this?
0: That's very cool. I like that about you, Maureen. Mm-hmm. And if you were asked to have a coffee with someone who was interested in being an entrepreneur or solopreneur or you know self-employed regardless of the business. Um, what kind of advice would you share with him about doing that?
1: I actually have been giving a lot of thought to this because I feel that I'm at the point in my career, right? My career is actually on the wind down, not the wind up. And I think that it is, it is time for me to pass on some of what I've learned about being an entrepreneur to other women. And so it would be, sit me down and ask me what you want to ask me. And if I don't have the answers, I might know a resource that does.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. What do you say surprised you the most as a business owner? Oh.
1: Well, I sort of knew all the bad stuff, you know, from watching my parents struggle you know, there are good times and bad times. Yeah. There are good times and bad times with every business. Um,
0: but did anything surprise you? Like, I wasn't expecting that or, you know.
1: I always thought I'd have, well, I have a nice office right now. If you, you can see in mm-hmm. the video. But I didn't always have a nice office. And I always imagined that I would have a better office than the, the three season porch with carpenter ants that mm-hmm. I started out with. <laughs> <laughs> Or the dining room with the uh, desk that folded down and, you know, went into the cabinet. Right. You know, I've had some really horrible
0: offices. Right, right. Or, you know, your satellite locations, that library or coffee house. But right now, you know, in COVID, you don't, I don't have any satellite offices right exactly. now. Exactly. I, you get, I, I right? love this
1: space that is everything uh, to me. Um, the surprising part is, I suppose, uh, well, I know a lot of entrepreneurial women. Mm-hmm. So I think it's...
0: I think it's growing, which is great. It's It's going in the right direction.
1: Yeah. It's growing. I guess I didn't... I have a lot to learn about a modern business. I, I think I was a little bit ahead of my time in launching this kind of business. Now it would be a different kind of launch. But when I launched it back then, think about what things were. Social media. Yeah. You know?
0: Oh, Yeah. That was like, you know, started like two minutes ago, right? So to speak.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So it's different now. There are avenues to explore that an entrepreneur has that I didn't have when I started out.
0: But I was was lucky. What would be one word you would use to describe your entrepreneurial spirit?
1: Passionate, driven, one of those things. I'm a bit too driven.
0: And how much time do you devote to professional development for your own self to build your skills?
1: Uh, I belong to a mastermind group, which if you don't know what a mastermind group is and someone's listening, it's a group of, in this case, women who get together every other week and we talk through uh, somebody's business problems. Uh, And that's actually a lot of fun to hear what women outside of my field have to say about my business. I also read, uh, belong to a couple of other groups for women entrepreneurs where I follow these well-known women entrepreneurs who help entrepreneurs. And so I don't know that I spend all that much time every week, but every month, you know, a few hours.
0: Do you um, have any resources that um, you recommend, podcasts, blogs, books, whatever the case may be, for um, women who are interested in being self employed and starting a business? Depends
1: on what their business is, but one of the most influential coaches I have worked with is Carol Cox of Speaking Your Brand. And she helped me create, oh, let me think, a TED Talk. A signature talk to profile my business I just took a webinar to launch course with her uh, which was invaluable and then I love a woman by the name of Nikki Roush and Nikki Roush uh, she does something called NLP which is some sort of
0: speaking oh it's um, neuro neuris- neur- uh, linguistic something exactly neuro- linguistic. I think I first heard about that through Tony Robbins.
1: Yeah, but I like Mickey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I go to
1: women entrepreneurs. It's so funny because there are these little bubbles of women entrepreneurs and it's like, where are the men? But I think there are a lot more women entrepreneurs than there are male entrepreneurs. And then, uh, you know, her her advice is always spot on. I followed her advice to the letter Mm -hmm. for a, a recent hers and Carol's the letter for a a webinar, an individual webinar that I just gave in June, and I was blown away with what happened with it.
0: Well, I'll include some links for both of these resources in the show notes. Yeah. Um, So this is the final question that I have for you. Mm. Five things to know about you, Maureen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your favorite flower?
1: Well, today my favorite flower are gladiolas, and I know that's an unusual flower, but I've been seeing a lot of pictures of them, and my grandmother always had them on her table, and I have the vase that they used to sit in on our table, and so now I'm looking for some gladiolas because I'm thinking about her a lot.
0: Coffee or tea?
1: I don't drink either. Oh,
0: you drink that whiskey. No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) I just drink water. I don't even drink. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so if you could go on a trip to Tahiti or Paris, which one would you pick and why? Paris. I'm an urban girl.
1: Yeah. Nature's not my thing.
0: Yeah. I'm not like sit on the beach with the pina colada kind of gal. I want to go in the museums. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like just wandering the streets of a city.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And explore. Well, you're an explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, are you an intention setter or a goal getter? They're two different things.
1: I'm a goal setter. Okay. I'm definitely goal oriented and a bit of a deadline junkie. I set deadlines for myself, which is sick, I think.
0: (laughs) No, I think that's good. No, that's good. Making deadlines for yourself is a very good thing to do. I do that too. Totally do that. Yeah. And do you have a, a favorite quote or saying that you can share with us? I have a new quote that's brand
1: new just because I read this article yesterday. It's an article that Bill Shapiro wrote for the New York Times. And it just came out just this past weekend. Neuroscientist and author David Engelman has written that we all die three deaths. The first is when the body ceases to function. The second is when the body is consigned to the grave. The third is that moment sometime in the future when your name is spoken for the last time. But Bill Shapiro says, and I agree, that there is a fourth, the moment the last remaining picture of you is seen for the final time.
0: Oh, that's I kind of sad.
1: It's um, I know, it's what everybody says. They all say it's sad, but for me, it's what I do. It's making those, keeping those memories alive of those people that are long gone.
0: I'm gonna say thanks so much to Maureen for sharing her wisdom and insights with me and with us. And I learned a lot from her. Um, Namely, I really appreciated her curiosity, her passion, and I felt really inspired by her drive to provide something no one else can really do. And she took two loves, right? Photos and history. And she created a very successful business. And I also loved hearing that she learns a lot from talking with other people. That's something I enjoy doing as well, case in point, this podcast. So you can learn more about her work at her website, marineTaylor.com. I'll be sure to include a link in the show notes. I do wanna share that She also produces her own podcast so you might want to check that out and if you'd like to tap into Maureen's resources and years of expertise you can book a personal consultation. It's really easy and super fun as well. Um, She does consultations either by telephone or Zoom and they're a lot more than just a conversation. They're really kind of a part photo analysis and part forensic family history and when you're there Be sure to sign up for her e-newsletter to get your own tips on how to really take a look at your own family photos. So thank you so much for listening to Broadband the Podcast. It's a show about women in business sharing their wisdom. I know I learned a lot today and I hope you did as well. On the next show, Erica Stewart of It Clicks Photo will be my guest and she offers some really great professional development resources. And we had such a blast talking. We always do. She's a lot of fun. Thanks so much to Maureen for sharing a bit of her story with us. And I want to give a shout out to my pal, Elizabeth Fournier, for the show intro. So until next time, I'm going to close with this quote by Ursula Le Guin. It is good to have an end to journey toward, but it is the journey that matters in the end. Thanks a lot, and have a great day. You've been listening to Broadband, a podcast showcasing the inspiring stories of businesswomen about their successful journeys in building their businesses. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. To learn more about the show, be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the website. Thanks for listening.